You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Sid Talk, what is your trivia? You've well, been, you've been before the after the show discussion, wasn't much, except talking about the movie. And you tell me a little bit of something about E3, which... So irrelevant, really, to the world. <laughs> so, I've come up with my own little tidbit here. One little tiny bit of trivia about Wizard of Oz, the original Wizard Why of Oz movie. Why do we care about Wizard of Oz? From 1939. Nobody cares about Wizard of Oz. It's very important. It's relevant <laughs> to everything. Come on. Come on. Anyway, the original movie and its sequel, the official sequel, Return to Oz, are in the Guinness Book of World Records. For the longest time between a mo- original movie and its sequel. 46 years it took to make a sequel. Uh, an official sanctioned, this is right. a sequel to the movie. So it's a little bit of trivia for you. Nice work. Guinness Book of World Records. That's pretty weird. Wh- why is that a record? Everything's <laughs> a record. What? How many times I scratch my ass while I'm standing on one foot in the rain? I mean, did you ever get the Guinness Book of Records at Christmas? No, never. See, it's a, it's a tradition in England that, you know, like you get an orange in your stocking. Oh, because it's British. Yeah, you know, like you get an orange in your stocking mm. or an apple or something at Christmas. Mm. Like, it's that little I thing. I actually got toys and money and... Yeah, other. I know, but there's always, <laughs> like, something that, like, your grandma puts in, like an orange or some chocolate or something. There's something that you get every year that's always the same. In England, when I was a kid, it was the Guinness Book of Records because it always came out at Christmas. So it was... Big thick book, yeah. The Guinness Book of Records, nineteen eighty-two. You know, it had the date on it, and you would spend hours just looking. Did you through immediately it. go to like the body section? That's what I always looked at. No, I, I just longest fingernails, biggest head, longest foot. I can remember reading through it so many times as a kid and wondering how do people even get to these some of these things? Like you know, like how, how many Lego bricks inserted into somebody's mouth, <laughs> like things like that, and you're like. How's that, you know, how is that a record? Is that what? actually a record? Most things are. Like, are you no. exaggerating? No, that would be. That would definitely. Or like pegs stuck on the face. We You're know challenging that. me now to look that up and prove you wrong. We know that pegs stuck on the face is one. That, that was. <laughs> we a, call them closed pins. Yeah. Closed okay. pins on the face. How many you can get stuck onto your face. That's a, that's a Guinness Book record. It's crazy, the things that are in there. I always thought... I want to make a Guinness Book World Record of the longest line drawn with a pencil without stopping. And it's probably already there. I'm going to have to look it up, but then you're going to bitch at me about turning around. That would take you quite a long long time to look it up. No, it wouldn't. I'm good with the It's actually... You have to pay to look look them up on Guinness Book Book homepage. Mm. You have to subscribe to it. Yes, you can look it up on Wikipedia and stuff, but actually to use Guinness Book of oh, Records. Must, uh, last time I looked, you didn't have to pay for anything. Must be new. That must be new. They have a thing where you subscribe and you get the digital version of the book. Makes sense. Or otherwise, everyone would never ever. How could they fund the whole project? But yeah, the physical copy of the book. I have had so many of them in my life. Like it was the Christmas book that you were sat there on Christmas afternoon reading that book and just going, "Wow!" And in England, we had the show on TV, the Guinness Book of Records show. I don't know if you have that here. Yeah, we did. Like, yeah, yeah. Where, where they did, where they broke them live on air and stuff. Well, they had that show too at Christmas. I don't know if we ever had the live on air, but yeah. 
Anyway, this isn't the Guinness Book of Records show. <laughs> we should have had some more trivia about movies in the Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah, and we're going to try to break the record this week for the world's longest podcast. So this is going to be... I have a better idea. How about the world's shortest podcast? All right. Uh, Done. Let's go. <laughs> We're probably already Sit talks too, in a hurry. She's we're gone. probably already at it too too long now. Someone's probably already achieved that. Yeah. The world's I wonder what the world's longest. You know what some assholes are saying that in the eighties they patented something or copyrighted something about vaguely something about people taking audio and listening to it on a device. Now they're suing people who have podcasts, iTunes, everybody, because they patented this idea. Of recording voices. 30 years ago. Not of recording voices, but of having some sort of audio thing that you could somehow put on another thing. It's really vague. And now they're suing people. I did read that. I know. It's like, oh my god. I just, I fucking hate lazy, sleazy people. Just putting that out there. The best thing about that, though, is they haven't got a hope in hell of that. Oh no, they've won many of them already. I was listening to They're not having any money off me. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think they're going for people like us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though. I they don't... say that the non-profit people, they, they had an interview with them. They don't care about that. Oh, they just want... It's the people making what about, money. Well, you could you, you could say... Well, then, they got $8 million off of somebody. I'm going to say, you could say that radio shows are podcasts then, because they're recorded voice on... So they want money off Howard Stern, they want money No, off... no, that's not a podcast. That's not it. It's about taking an audio thing putting it on another device so that you can listen to it at your leisure kind of thing. I forget what the whole wording oh, okay. is, but... Yeah, it's a so all those thing. big po- podcasters like Adam Carolla, the ones who yeah, got Yeah, he was mentioned of, in the article, right. actually. Adam Carolla, and then some guy who does something out of his garage. He's really popular, but he barely makes any money from it. But he got the letter from the guys saying, wow. you owe us a, wow. whatever. Yeah, exactly. I would be like, yes. And if anybody's <laughs> listening to this, if you're like a sleazy little, like, well, get what I got to get out of this world, and I don't give a Well, they earned it. No, they didn't earn it. They didn't do anything. <laughs> They're just being... It's, a, it's different to like if it's different to like if I create the Wizard of Oz and then people try and rip it off. I understand them going after those people. If they had created and written the code, the like a really complicated code for how you could actually get an audio recording onto a device, and then they wanted to own that, that's fine. All they did was the idea. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, it is Saturday, June the 8th, 2013. This is After the Show, number 278. After the Show, the movie review podcast where me, A. Scully, you, Sid Talk, me, husband, you, wife. I feel really fat today. Me, husband, you, wife. I feel really fat today. That's (laughs) totally unrelated to this show. Um, So, yeah, we look at it. I like that caveman thing you just did. Did (laughs) cavemen say that? I don't think think they spoke English. They went. (laughs) 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 You've seen Apocalypto. Oh, not Apocalypto. They spoke. (laughs) Ten thousand BC. They talked. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. That's that's accurate. It was live, made made back then. All right, so <laughs> the movie we're looking at this week is There's a movie involved in this. Ten thousand BC, the caveman movie. Um, yeah, Oz, the Great and Powerful. That's the movie we're looking at this week. It's a 2013 movie. It's um, released on Blu-ray on the 28th of May, which would be this Tuesday coming up. So tomorrow, 25th, 28th. That's not this coming up. It's only the eighth. That's 20 days from now. 
Oh, <laughs> we're actually in June, aren't we? Yeah. This this movie's actually just been released on the 28th of May. May? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so this movie's already out. It wasn't 20 days ago. <laughs> so, Never mind. So you can catch this So movie. we can stop now. It's already out there. People are either going to watch it or they're not. It came out this week. But they can't resist listening to the gems, get it? Gems, Emerald City, that we will be uh, offering up to them. Audio gems. <laughs> So this is available on multiple uh, formats. We're looking at the Blu-ray DVD digital copy combo pack. Uh, you can also get it on a 3D version and just the Blu-ray on its own and just the DVD on its own. And as I noted to you uh, before the show started, there's multiple cover art for this movie. Um, this one, it's a nice cover art and everything, but I really like the cover art for just the standard Blu-ray release, which is, uh, to me, more appealing. It's um, the, the Witch. Silhouette. No, not Silhouette. Mm-mm. The Witch, though. Definitely not Silhouette. Um, but yeah, there's multiple cover arts depending on which version you buy, and there are four different versions. So um, this is from our friends at Disney. Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of Oz the Great and Powerful. How the Wizard Got to Oz... What's Oz? What's Wizard? That's it. <laughs> you want brief? That's brief. <laughs> I've never heard of the Wizard and the Oz. What is that? The Wizard is the Wizard. If ever was, oh. there was. He's a wonderful whiz. If ever a whiz, there was. Uh, the Wizard isn't a wizard. I hate to break it to you. Uh, he's a dude. The balloon flies up in a tornado. He ends up in the land of Oz, which happens to also be his name. It's a really good coincidence to have that happen. They think he's the wizard. He's a magician instead. Illusionist. Prodigite... What's it called? I don't know. Prestidigitator. Prestidigitation. That's magic, right? Yeah. Uh, And they mistake him for being a wizard. As is revealed, really, in 1939. But whatever. And uh, this is his journey from being nobody to becoming the all-powerful Wizard of Oz. And everybody knows there's a movie in 1939 <laughs> called The Wizard of Oz. There are a book series... You're kind of stretching it out here a little bit. There are, there's a book series pre that predates that movie. Uh, yes. How many books? Six books? I don't know. About, about the whole Wizard of Oz thing. So this is a prequel to that movie. Yeah? Not really. Kind of? No, it's just a movie. I think it is, though, isn't it? It's the origin of the I know, character. I'm saying it's how the wizard guy got yeah, to them. We'll see, so, but it's so not really it a prequel, because it's just a segment of time in this whole storyline, I think. I disagree. I think it's And it's prequel. also not just strictly from the books. I was just reading about it. It's got lots of things yeah, that are made, made up stuff. and added. Right, he said that, actually, in the exit. Yeah. Um, all right, so um, you have a big tie to the Oz you created the Oz franchise. I did. Um, we're going to interview you about it now. In 1939. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote the... It was way before that. You, you sold the rights to Warner Brothers. I believe Brothers. it was 1905. No, you didn't. Something like that. Was he already dead when Warner Brothers got the rights? Probably. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, we're not here to tell you the history of The Wizard of Oz. Um, Oz the Great and Powerful. My tie is that has been my favorite movie my entire life. Yes. And my entire life. And my tie... I can't remember a time when I didn't lay on the floor my with tie. my little face and my little hands... Looking up at the little box TV that sat on the floor, and just like being mesmerized. 
And if you want to hear all about the, these stories that Sid Talk are telling you, we're not going to tell them you now, but go back into our archives and where we reviewed The Wizard of Oz on Blu-ray. And ah. she will tell you, we obviously discussed that. So go, go back and listen to that before you listen to this. Because it's interesting because you'll see our, Sid Talk's opinion on the original movie. And mine. So, and this one. No. So, so the Oz the Great and Powerful, um, I'm going to ask you about it second because... Fair enough. So, me first, right? Let me say what I think about Oz the Great and Powerful. I really liked it a lot. I would, say, I would go as far as to say I loved it because, and there's multiple reasons, and I'm not as tied to the, the original, and I see this as a different thing anyway, which you probably do. Um, I liked how it started, and with, we might have some spoilers here. I think this movie is pretty light on plot, to be honest. It's not really that complicated, is it? It's pretty... It's more visual than it is story. Um, I don't know. I disagree. It has a little bit of hidden like stuff that aren't isn't fully explained to me. So That's why I'm saying it's a bit light on plot. It's no, I'm quite... saying it's not, because there's things in it that they take big leaps to... And that's what I'm saying. It's... It... The plot seems secondary to me to make it showing you this wonderful thing, like, you know, this wonderful visual feast, which is what this movie is. So, what I really loved about this movie, I, the first 20 minutes is in black and white, and it's in, like, um, 4 by 3 old school. So, when we actually get to Oz, and... Not only do we get the colour, like in the original movie, where it was black and white and then transformed into colour, which this one actually transforms the frame of the movie as well, so it ends up widescreen and also colour. I thought it was fantastically done, and because they'd left you at this black and white moment for quite a long time, 20 minutes nearly, when the colour, it just looked so much more amazing. Do you get what I mean? It was because mm-hmm. you'd got used to this small black and white I thought that was fantastic. The special effects, while ropey in parts, I gotta say, but that's very Sam Raimi. Actually, it is very. He likes doing. <laughs> but they gave him a shitload of money for they this. They did one. give him a lot of money, like, but I bet God. these people cost a lot of money too. I'm assuming. Um, I don't know. James Franco. Remember what he says. The movies. He and he is. Yeah, does it friends. for whatever. But I, I see that as like a Sam Raimi. Even Spider Man. Yes. Has ropey. It's just a Sam. I think he likes to go about things a little bit cheaply sometimes. And it works in movies like The Evil Dead, because you kind of... You know, The Evil Dead had no money, and he was doing everything with nothing, right? Give me an example in this movie. Um, ooh. I think holding China Girl a lot of times was a bit Yeah, rugged. it looked like... He, she was fantastic, but holding her... It looked her, like she wasn't there at yeah, all. Like well, it, looked like, it looked like it. they hadn't stuck her in exactly right, so he Yep, was, exactly. Yeah, it, yeah, that did look... There was a few things where I was kind of like, ooh, that's not... But then some of those effects are in- incredible. When he's in the hot air balloon at the beginning mm-hmm. and the torn- he's inside the tornado cool. and gravity gets affected and the actual balloon over the big vista landscape as it was like... Wow, I was like, wow, that's amazing. And when he was in the water in the um, hot air balloon and it was like moving and filling up with water. Fantastic. The flowers opening... Just the whole realisation of this world. Because I liked what they made Oz look like. 
And then there was throwbacks to the original movie where you can see the Emerald City in the distance. It looks like a postcard. Yes, it does. I really like that. I like that, too. That that they didn't go crazy with that. Um, Yeah, but it needs to be one or the other. Either you're now or you're then. Yeah, it was a bit of both, wasn't it? Don't wishy-washy it up for me. But I I really liked... I I thought it was a feast visually. I really liked it. I was entertained by it all the time. And I always was having this nostalgia of the original Oz, like... They, they, they did the thing... This isn't a musical, but they did, like, a joke on the musical thing, which I thought was really fun. There was a lot of fun things that were kind of... And then there were a lot of new things in this movie that are nothing to do with the... Which made it, to me, more interesting. Like, the two CG characters in this movie, one's like a flying monkey, and I'm not being sarcastic. One is literally a flying monkey and one is a China doll. China monkeys are... From, I mean, China monkeys flying are... Flying monkey and a China doll. They're from doll. the original. Yeah, exactly, but... Different, but they're from different, the Different, but they were almost the stars of the show. They were so... They were realised well, the characters of the two things. Like, normally I'm watching, like, some things and they throw a... You know, throw a, a CG character in there and it's kind of a bit disjointed, but in this world that... That China doll character, it was emotional. Like I, I was, it was quite sad. Like just just the idea of her, and then the the wing monkey because you know what that is related to. It was related to his friend. The animation of that monkey was amazing. The whole thing, like this, the face. I didn't know it was related to his friend either. I didn't realize no. it was his voice. Really? No. <laughs> But he even he even he even said something to him about like what there was a direct correlation to what he said in the in the Kansas part to what he said. What like a quote? Yeah, he said something to him about you're just going to carry my bag or, or like, and then he had the bag and threw the bag at him, and then he's carrying the bag all the way through. All there was right. thing there was, you know, but yeah. The, the monkey and the china doll, fantastic. And they're a, a whole new creation, right? I, I'm a, I don't know if they're in the books. Or, well, I know the monkeys are, but... Um, I don't know if the china town is actually in the book. You don't... Never read the books. Mm-mm. So, um, there was lots of new stuff that I... Then there was, like, parts where I was like... Uh, and this is a two-hour two-hour and ten-minute movie, so it's a decent length of movie to explain everything. I'm assuming, you know, it's quite a long movie. But there were some moments where I was like, okay, so when um, Oz first meets Mila Kunis's character, and then they spend a night dancing, and then all of a sudden she's like s- super in love and been wronged by him, like, yes, why is it so quick? Like, I know. I, is she so emotional that she can't take one? Reaction exactly. Like, That's one leap that I just couldn't get. Like there was no time spent with that. Mm-mm. So then I was like, "Why is she so pissed?" It was like she danced with him, and then he then he kind of made a off comment of like, "I don't really want to get involved with anybody." That's just the, and that's it. She's completely pissed. Like, exactly. And she's so pissed that that's going to affect her entire life. That's one of the things where Well, I was... no. When she found out he did the same thing with her sister, that's yeah. when she fell apart. Right. But again, well, there was a bit of she was. Yeah, yeah. He, right. She didn't notice that he wasn't interested, but I think she's supposed to symbolize and like make us realize what a cad he is. But again, in the beginning part, we only see there's this music box. 
if we want to talk about spoilers. That he uses to he get just use, yeah, yeah, gives them to women and says, was my grandmother's and blah, blah, blah. And he's given it to a couple different ladies in the beginning. He gives her one. The sister claims his... And so we're supposed to take her as the wronged women. Yeah, hardly wrong, though. I mean, she's representing all of them. That he's lied to all of right, them. Yeah, yeah. And she is sort of the embodiment of what... Why you shouldn't be so cavalier with people's feelings. It was just super quick for me, that part. Oh, but yeah, like, I agree. And I there agree. was some other... I understand the idea behind it. Well, well you finish what you're saying. Then. There were some other parts where I was like... You know... Like you said about them being menacing. Because they're witches. And Sam Raimi can do some menacing stuff on film. We've seen that. And... uh they're similar to beautiful creatures that we watched a couple of weeks ago, where we was kind of like, well, the, it was like really awesome because they could—they're so powerful. But nobody's really being powerful. Yeah, at any point. exactly. They're, they're spinning a table round in beautiful creatures, and that's about as far as it gets. Like it's not—it never goes. And I think I feel the same here. A little bit better here though, because at least there was some showing of the witch's powers that actually meant something. Have you, ever had a, have you ever had a story where we we a movie where you start with the person who's a witch, wizard, whatever, can do magic in the world, but is a really slow burn, like a like an origin story of learning that how you manipulate the molecules and that magic is actually and you know certain people have the ability to do things like that. Have you ever had that because? It's always like you leap to... My mind is, if you're a witch, you can do anything. So why is anyone competition for you, right? In my mind. So I guess when you're only you, as powerful as... A, this. But it's never portrayed that way. No. It's always like, I'm the wicked witch. I can do this and do that. I can zap this and make that disappear. But then the holes always come with, well, if you're so powerful, then why, why, why do we even need a hero to come and you because you can just go and you're I, dead. I actually really loved, and I'm not going to spoil the ending but the resolution of this movie and I'm doing this cause, so you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. I thought that was really good and, and I enjoyed that because it obviously is a direct correlation to the original film and it makes sense. Well it's his origin story. Yeah I'm saying and it makes yeah. it, it actually makes sense in the, with the mm-hmm. it all makes sense that he would be a, an, a what do you call him? Like a Flimflam man, isn't he? He's like yep. a con man. I actually really liked how it turned out. He's an illusionist. Yeah. So how it all turned out, I really liked. I thought it was clever, but then not so clever when you think about it. Just yeah. kind of obvious. But I thought it worked really well as a movie. I was absolutely. I was smiling. I was laughing. I was sad at parts. I, I was nostalgic, and then I was. I want to see the original again. All those things came to mind, you know. I think I'm not... I don't go far enough in my fantasy brain for things like... If your objective is to... If, you know, witches have taken over your town and you want to get rid of them, that you scare them off and then that's it. That we have some sort of maybe possibly strong enough magic to keep them out, but but not... It didn't seem very, like... I'm not saying I like violence, and I don't want blood and gore, and I don't necessarily think everyone has to die at the end or or as a resolution for everything. But I felt like, like the the menace. I guess we couldn't. 
I won't say that because I might spoil things, but two of my main, I enjoyed it overall. I had like my eyes, like you said, it's a feast. Absolutely. Like you're just like, it's, oh, look at that, look at that, I'm look not, at that. I'm not a bad, uh, I mean, you know, like I said, there's a couple of things you're like, oh, that's a bit uh, janky, yeah. But it's, it's, there's less of that than there is of, wow, that is amazing. You know, when it, we were flying past and there was mountains like elephants with, there was yeah. shit with a, with the trunks as waterfalls I was yeah. like holy shit this place is amazing like and they were running across things and I was but we know why because yeah. it was the guy from Avatar who right. designed and very it similar to, yeah. to Disney's Alice in Wonderland where I was yeah. always going oh my god this place is amazing and this even more so it just looked a well realised like a storybook version. come to life yeah so I did yeah and because the guy who did Avatar did some of these effects you can tell there's some there's a lot of almost floating mountains and yeah, floating is... chunks of everything it's kind of like they're just barely grounded I think that's one of his must be one of his favorite visual it's one of my effects. favorite things too so back to what I thought of the movie I don't compare things so I'm not like oh this is wrong that's wrong this is missing this is missing you don't Nothing compare like this that. to that anyway it's not I don't compare anything no, I, usually I, I, anyway because yeah. it has nothing to do with it to me what it didn't do what I felt like throughout was there's some mean spiritedness again in these modern movies current movies you get a lot more hatefulness now if you think back to the original Wizard of Oz I'll only compare because of the times there was more slapsticky stuff there were, you know, like with the three farm hands and like, oh, 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 you know, on each other, sort of a three stooges type I know, of I know thing. exactly what you're referring to there. You're referring to like cracking the guy across the head. Yeah. And you're referring to, well, a, a character I didn't particularly like was Nook. Yeah, exactly. like... Pointless, completely pointless. Seemed like it, seriously, is a black dwarf who's kind of pissed off and, and got this attitude about him. What's the black part have to do with it? I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> it that I've seen that actor, you know the actor who plays that guy. I've seen him as a pissed off black dwarf in comedies, and I can't tell you which ones they are, but I've seen it. Bad Santa might be one of them. Yeah, and he was almost that character again, but in this where it seemed completely out of place. Out of place completely. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why the black part is relevant. Somebody is a black man, but well, I'm um, just saying it's not. It's not like a. It's a bad thing to like. Because he's this pissed off, like, hateful kind of... He was very hateful. And, like, just... And he did call him Sourpuss, which is to point out. But he wasn't just... He wasn't, like, clever about it. It wasn't charming in any way. It was just, like, rude, kind of. And And, not funny. And it's threaded through the whole thing. He's mean to the monkey. Like, he instantly starts treating him like he's some sort of, like, chain to him. And he's just his servant or something. I thought that was kind of I don't know if he was trying to say something I don't think so. I think it was just... It's just the spirit of... And there's lots of snarky little one-line comments that I just think are inappropriate in my... I don't know. I just... They were the only two things I can think of. But even the Oz guy, he kept saying kind of snarky... I mean, I know he's supposed to be a bit of a cad, but I just didn't like that thread that kind of ran through it. Just I actually loved how he was a cat. It was one of my favorite. I know, I like the cad part. I don't no, like I don't, the one-line referring to, stuff. Referring to him as the cat. But he doesn't... That's my other problem. That's one of my problems. He's not fully a cad. And when he does his Cheshire smile at people and then, like, one of the, really backs great. out of stuff, I don't think it's great because it's... He's not... No, I'm not seeing him do... I, I bought that I'm not seeing him do anything bad enough to make me question his integrity yet yes he flirts with some girls and he has a flim flam show 
But that's fine. I don't care. So I'm not convinced yet. <laughs> I needed a little bit more grit. One of, of my that. favorite parts where they're in the bubbles and they're floating along and they're going through like the wall. Yeah. And she says, "Well, here's a wall. It's um, we can go through it if you're good of heart." And he's in the bubble and he goes, "I'm going to die." Like, cause yeah. He knows. But the thing <laughs> is, I'm not convinced of that because I haven't seen anything bad. Right. Well, so he, that was one of my weak. One of the weaknesses was I needed him to be built up as more not a comedy slapsticky Charlie Chaplin guy who. Like, but he lies all the time, and he's a. Yeah, but that's not bad. That's not like make you a horrible person. I guess or it would be an old time. But this isn't an old time. This is now, and we're telling the no, story I mean, 1940s, now. No, mean 1940s Kansas. It was 1940s. It was 1905. But this was 1905 Kansas. Yeah, but this isn't 1905 Kansas. So I'm thinking it I is needed... 1905 Kansas. That's where they come from. I know, but they're not telling this story in He's 1905. He's not a character from 2012. I understand, but they're so, telling this story to me in 2013. Oh, okay. And I felt like he needed a bit more... See, I thought they were just I need something else, not just, like, to know that he flirted with the girl and then the muscle man's coming to beat him up. I want to see someone hurt on that, on the beginning, enough to make you go, oh, I don't really like this guy. But you do like him, because he's consistently Mr... Well, he's the Wizard of Oz. And so you try to over... You try to think... You think over it anyway. Like, oh, he's just the Wizard of Oz. He's going to turn out to be good. But that was one of my things. Although I like James Franco a lot. I felt like he just, it was too funnied up a lot to be, because Mila Kunis, she, she has some moments where she, when once she's, you know, she's really in it, like not campy, not funny, she's pissed off. I actually didn't like, like her in parts. I don't, don't like her a lot anyway, but there were moments when I was like, that's exactly like what she we're going She was better as a witch. She was always a witch. But I know what you're saying. At the beginning. But yeah, and then the transition from, oh, doughy-eyed, innocent, to, uh, and the reason, and I don't like the idea that someone becomes a wicked witch because she's spurned by a man. That just is so lame. I wanted to, like, scream at Sam Raimi or whoever the fuck wrote it. I was like, what are we, oh my god, seriously? She gets her little feelings hurt so bad by this dude that she turns into a horrific... See, that was ugh. the thing that I, I didn't... See that much spurning, but like you said, they were trying yeah, to... Yeah, in her mind, yeah. but even that. Is that the reason, really? Ugh, whatever. So I got over that, kind of. Other than that, I, so, I told you before, I guess part of our Before the After Show discussion would be, I really enjoyed it. It's just that it didn't go, again, one direction or the other. We didn't go full-on scary, bad for the witches and the evil parts and we didn't go fully la di da like fantasy on the other side it was very wishy-washy Mila Kunis had potential to go like total evil she was scary at times there's a village involved that gets completely destroyed with one survivor and yet it's like whatever just take her along and da 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 I just wanted one or the other I guess I want either the really dark version like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, that was quite a bit darker. It's one. darker, and yet it has enough fluff that it's the the balance is tipped toward the darker side. I want movies to tip one way or the other. Don't tiptoe around the thing. As a casual um, Wizard of Oz fan, even though I've seen it a lot of times because it's always on in England in, at Christmas, as a casual Wizard of Oz fan, watching this movie, it worked for me. 
Like, I, I liked its connection to the other movie, even though it doesn't really need or have one. I mean, Oz is the case. Well, it is. It's the it's the origin story of yeah, the person. I know. So I'm talking know. about the little things that connect the two together. Obviously, this is not a movie about Dorothy. She doesn't exist yet. Dorothy's not. No, it's forty years earlier. There is a connection. Early. I don't. There's some connections to the original movie that are quite good. Mm-hmm. The end, the beginning. There's two very specific ones. I really like them. I thought they weren't. They might be fan service, as you say, but they. I really they work for me as a casual fan. I was like, oh, that's pre- that's pretty cool because you're not totally pandering to this movie. The fact that it, I like the fact that Sam Raimi didn't have songs in this all the time. Yeah, and that joke they make about the songs, I actually thought was funny because I didn't expect it. Was that a joke? Well, having them sing like a verse and then go, oh, enough singing now. Oh right, I didn't take that as a joke. Well, it was kind of a joke, as in. If we get to this point in the movie, there's a musical number. Is this going to be a musical movie like the other one? And then it's not. Like I like that. Um, so there's a, enough nods back to it. And there's enough... Even if you haven't seen that original movie, which I'm sure some youngsters have not, you could come into this and enjoy it perfectly well. You don't need to have seen it. Oh, I think it's completely disconnected, so it doesn't... It is connected, though. Is I know, but it's completely disconnected as in it doesn't matter at all whether you've seen the other one or even like it or not like it. It's its own story, completely. Yeah, I'm not comparing. I'm saying that there's enough ties to them, whereas a casual person like me kind of had fun with that. And and it's going, oh, that's how that fits. I really enjoyed that. I'm glad he put that in. I'm glad he didn't make it as a musical. I don't think... Even though The Wizard of Oz is a musical, and I'm fine with that, I don't think a movie of this sort, with all this visual, needed to stop every now and then to have a song. Like Disney movies actually do. You know, like the the animated movies, like The Little Mermaid. You know what? I never have my entire life thought of The Wizard of Oz as a musical. But it is. But I've never, even now, I don't, I think, what are you talking about? They talk all the time. They have some songs. But but they stop for a song, right? But it's not a musical. I'm glad this didn't stop for a song. You know, like The Little Mermaid stops for a song every now and then, and there's a song, and then... And a lot of people's favourite parts of The Little Mermaid are the songs. Never for me. I always want the songs to end. I guess I'm not a musical person, so I'm glad that he didn't go that way with this. And I enjoyed it. I I enjoyed it a lot. I liked how it looked. thought it was pretty... intense, like, in in parts. I... You know... I feel like it didn't. It just didn't have enough. I enjoy it. Looking back, I'll probably like it more than I did while I was watching it. it happens sometimes because because of that thing where I'm like, oh my god, the whole Chinatown's been destroyed, and five minutes later we're not thinking about that at all. Like it's like whatever. That bothers me. I want either, like, a bunch of survivors or, like, be reminded of this horrible thing that's been done. You know? That bothers me throughout. And then I'm not completely connected to any of the people. The monkey's cute. The China girl's cool-looking. Glinda's cool. But as a group, as as an emotional thing, I had nothing, like, you know, 
I really just like Tulsa. I think I like the Tinkerers better than most of the main characters we got because I thought about it and I was like, those guys are cool. Like, they can build anything. They're awesome. They're inventors. They probably build the Tin Man. I'm thinking that's the future of them. One of my favorite scenes was at the beginning where he comes into the Emerald City and she shows him the room full of gold. Like, if you're the king of the city, there's this big... Yeah, and see, I have no... I don't even understand that king part fully because it just... Like, spring it on him. She first says you're the wizard, and then they say you're going to be the king. Well, I think it just goes with it, right? You're just the ruler, like... I don't know. That's why I was confused. I mean, uh, but I, one of my favorite scenes was this whole room, and it's See, a room... I, thought, I didn't like that part at all. I really loved it. So it's a room full of, like, money and chalices and all kinds of shit. Yeah, but it's really cynical, isn't it? Yeah, and that's what I like, that they actually showed that side of Franco. Uh, the, oh, all, I meant all... that it even existed. That there's a room in Emerald City that the that the wizard guy would even... It just seems really not fitting of a fantasy well, kind of happy the, I, world. It's the big expensive city. It's based on wealth, right? It's the big... Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's just the Emerald City. Yeah, but it's made out of emeralds. <laughs> right? It's a big wealthy city. Then why do they need a room full of gold? <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe to make some emerald jewelry. But, but I just like... I like the idea of like showing him as like well he is this he's just this greedy opportunist yeah I, well, I, we had established it already so I didn't need that one that fully established it for me and then I was like well you know this guy is just a chancer he will just muddy through this stuff but it hadn't been established enough yet he hadn't done anything that seemed that sleazy yet and all of a sudden now he's overcome with this like greed of gold and oh my god uh, but we haven't seen any reason for that up to now so that was another never reason. seen a room full of gold i mean we didn't see him ever be super greedy other than like taking most of the money and yeah, but that. even then that he was apologetic and he kind of raised his eyebrow and he wasn't being a cad he just was like you know so i just i felt like that didn't lead up maybe the origin of the origin story needed to be a little more full for me well, <laughs> like, as, far as, it, as far as it goes for me, the movie, I really enjoyed it. I would watch it again. I enjoyed it that much. I, I, I would like, watch it again because yeah. then, sometimes you're focused on some action and not on what's going on around. And there's a lot to take in yeah. in this movie. So moving on to the cast, and we have covered some of them. James yeah. Franco. He's, he is James Franco. Mm -hmm. Being James Franco, really? Yeah, a lot of times. With a bit of... Um, Mila Kunis is Theodora. Um, like I say... I thought there was some bad acting from her in parts. The thing where she doesn't unclench her teeth sometimes. But yeah, try, trying to look sexy, or, like purse her lips Joey together on. and stuff. Yeah, a bit. And then, do you know what? Also, with Mina, Mila Kunis, I'm not saying anything rude, but, you know, she's like a hot chick, right? Um, her outfit at the beginning... Looked like a modern day outfit. I it was know, like it was leather ridiculous. pants. Like it like, looked like an outfit from 2013. Super tight leather pants and a white fluffy shirt. I, I was like, okay, she's going to be a witch. Is that what witches wear? Really hot That's designer exactly pants. That's exactly what I thought. Is this what witches are wearing? <laughs> in the land of Oz. Hot I don't, designer pants with super high heels. Yeah, this is very impractical for. That a was witch. the only outfit that looked completely out of place to me. Like the top half of it was all right with the hat and the, the yeah, but the bottom half looked completely like why? Why do we have to sex her up like that? And that's the same with the boobs and the corset. Yeah, that looked black. a bit odd too. It didn't yeah, look. I was like, "What the fudge? Are you kidding me?" To make yeah, the top it, of her witchy dress like this I mean, cut. I, I, don't, don't get me wrong. I like seeing uh, Mila Kunis <laughs> in some tight leather pants, but there's a time and a place for it. 
and Oz is definitely not a place for it. She should have been wearing like a corseted dress or something appropriate for the time. Like it, even the even the white vice Rachel Vice was wearing an appropriate yeah. witchy, sexy. It but was witchy. the only thing where I was like, the costuming's completely wrong. I can understand they want to make her look sexy, and maybe an old fashioned dress doesn't make her look sexy, but a pair of leather tight pants. It's totally wrong. It's Plus, wrong. if she's supposed to be portrayed as this innocent, happy, yeah, it sweet. wasn't very innocent, was it? No, it I didn't get that one sex at pot. all. That was it, like <laughs> sex pot. So the yeah, doughy-eyed sex pot. It was a little bit odd to me that I don't know whose choice of costume <laughs> that was. Or, but then had nothing to do with her, basically. No, I didn't. No, it's not her fault. So uh, Rachel Weiss, Weiss, Weiss plays Evanora. I thought she was okay. I I prefer. You know, like Snow White and the Huntsman, Charlize Theron. Yeah, she did a really good job of being like an evil Emma Thompson last week. Yeah, uh, well, Snow White and Charlize that was amazing that one. And I um, feel that this one was a bit lackluster. Like I, I you know, she, I like her, but her performance was not really that interesting. I, 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 not interesting. No, I preferred Mila Kunis because she actually got to be this. She went from one thing one to another, and yeah. the, it was obvious. Yeah. Whereas this Rachel Vice is looks visually the same, but then she's supposed to be, she's like on the fence, and then she's bad. Yeah. But I'd never really felt that badness from her. Exactly. So I don't think she did a bad job. She, her acting was fine. It was just the character. Bit, a bit. Yeah, a bit laid back for a evil witch. Now Michelle Williams plays Annie slash Glinda. Um, I really liked her. I, I, when she said in the extras, I wanted to make a film for my daughter, that really got me in a way. Like I, I was like, if you, if that is your mum, and she's like the princess, uh, I mean the fairy. Is she? Witch. Yeah, but the good witch. Yeah. And that's your mum, and you're watching her on screen. It would really be awesome, wouldn't it? Like, that's my <laughs> yeah. mum. Right? Like, and you would always have that, wouldn't you, as a all your life you would yeah. be like you know it's so that was like a really and she seemed I, I got her I mean we know that character but I got her in this yeah um then Zach Braff who I really like because I'm a big fan of Garden State um and he plays Frank slash Finley mostly Finley um and you didn't know no. <laughs> you didn't get catch his I can tell it's him because of the... Uh, first off, I've just seen him recently on Howard Stern. He did an interview. And it, I've got his voice fresh in my mind. So that monkey talking was absolutely him. But, you know, he's funny. I like. I really like him. I thought he was a good choice for this. I liked him in the beginning yeah. part, too. Like, where he was playing off James Franco. I didn't think... I just don't like that the monkey becomes some sort of kicking post. It just seems really rude to me. I don't get why anyone thinks that's funny. Because it just encourages you to pick on people. I don't like it. So that it's nothing to do with him, obviously, but that character just just seems like he's little and he's kind of weakish, and so it's okay for everybody to just. James Franco is a big, tall dude, and he makes this little tiny monkey carry his bag. It's so rude. I don't yeah. get. I don't think it's funny. I think it's like, oh god. So in um, every Sam Raimi movie. There's a special guest star, or, or the actual main actor of the movie, and that would be Bruce Campbell. And he does appear here as well, as 
winky gatekeeper. <laughs> I didn't. Even, I'm a massive Bruce Campbell fan. I love Evil Dead, and I didn't notice it was him. It was like I was in. This is one of those switch arounds because as soon as the shot came in, I was like, "Oh, there he he's is." He's not in it long. No, he's literally. Well, it's, it's a really small. Um, I missed him completely. But then at the end, where it showed you. Wasn't he the same as... He was also sort of like the door... The gatekeeper in the... Spider-Man. Spider-Man because yeah. he didn't let him into the... Yeah. Play, remember? Yeah. And he was a hotel bellboy type dude... That's in, right. ...in one of the Spider-Men as yep. well. Um, so yeah, he's in there. If you're a Sam Raimi fan, you'll notice him or not. Like And? Me. Who else that you said? The rest of the Evil Dead cast. The three... If you see the Evil Dead, the original... The three main female roles... They're all in this movie. Just... Play the guessing game and try I and spot. That, I thought there were two females. No, three. Right. If you watch this movie, you will. If you're a Sam Raimi fan, you'll spot them. Um, and directed by Sam Raimi, who is famous for The Evil Dead, which is a fantastic series of films. I think sometimes because of his good vibe, that we, it seems to be that he has a good vibe, that some things are overlooked or f- overly forgiven, or he has a very light. You know, so things like performance just a few times you see. I think he's a little indulgent with people. Well, what I got from him was... And, and I it, could hear him go, that was great. That was yeah, great. well, what I got from him from this, seeing some behind the scenes here, is when they asked him about, like, he said, oh, yeah, I always expect people to bring stuff to me. Like, an, an actor should yeah. should already... Br- and then I'll, I will see, you know... I feel that he might rely a bit too much on people's... And then say, yes. like you said, like Mila Kunis does something and he's like, oh yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. great, that's great, that's great. Rather than like saying, no, that's not good enough, can we do that again? I think he's more of a, that's okay, like a, a, I don't really Where want to... Or we have the opposite with uh, the guy you like, who tells people on the set, in the moment, exactly what to say all the time. That's... You know who I'm talking about. Paul Thomas Anderson. No, 40... Oh, uh, Judd Apatow. Yeah, where yeah. He's, he's there and he literally will say, okay, now look at her like this and say this. And yeah, Kevin Smith's the same thing, <laughs> you know, isn't he? Very... Say this to her. And in the moment, telling them, like a puppeteer, whereas I feel like Rami might be It was be like, kind of a glimpse behind the curtain. I trust you. That was really good. Let's go on. When he said those words, I, I like them to bring things to me, meaning like their craft and stuff. That was where I was kind of like, oh, yeah, you probably trust people a lot. Explains a lot. Yeah. Like, you're James Franco, you know what you're doing. Then Exactly. And it shows sometimes. Right. Because there are moments when you think, oh, he does either, like you said, Franco being kind of himself, why not have a little more something? But And Zach Braff. Not like we're professional. When we saw the Zach Braff's not been in many, well, he's never been in a big film like this. And he seemed... The reaction, the relationship between Zach Braff and Sam Raimi when he was saying, oh, I'll say this, and then there didn't seem to be much censorship of Zach Braff there. Exactly. Either. Like, Zach Braff's Mr. Sarcastic guy, right? So, Well, he said he did rein him in, because yeah, he wanted everything to be a joke, I, and I, Sam Raimi didn't let him. And I can see that, because he, you know... He did want everything to be a joke, but I think he did keep that a bit with that monkey... Yeah. You know, the making it a slapsticky thing... Why is it funny to have a weak person that everyone can pick on? Is it a man thing? I'm not it's not actually funny. No, it's not funny. That's what um, I'm saying. How did it become I mean, I funny? Like, if you have four children and one of them's kind of a little kid, and then everyone just picks on him and says mean things to him and makes him do shit, and hey, now, pick that up. The Why thing is that in this funny? movie is the uh, the 
in Kansas at the beginning, he's got this man's like a man. Well, he's an assistant, isn't he? Yeah, but he has the upper hand on him. Yeah, he's more in charge than you than. But he's still a, he's still taking most of the money, and he's still using him as a using him really. Like you know, that's how I see it. Like, see, I felt like he was a little more control at least. But yeah, I know what you're saying. But then it kind of transfers over into the monkey, but but like amplified up, like it's worse. Yeah, like almost like um, Oz. Oh, my friend's a monkey now. I'm going to really take advantage of him. Yeah, exactly. Carry my back. <laughs> exactly. So I guess that's the joke, right? Yeah. Um, it's funny that people think that, but it's not funny when the, in the execution. No. So, um, Blu-ray extras here. Do people just need somebody to be mean to? And then some people do, funny? I guess. Maybe this is from I am I am the fourth. A child. In fact, I'm the baby of a family where everyone's way older than me. Maybe that's why I take this view. Because like when someone small comes around and everyone's picking on them, it's not funny. All right, so Blu-ray extras here, and there are quite a few, and I thought they were quite good actually on this. Very movie. good. Um, and the first thing is, um, it's called the uh, Disney Second Screen app, the magic of Oz the Great and Powerful. We did not experience, and it would be wonderful to wonderful to uh, check that out, but it's only on iPad. And we have Android tablets, so we can't see it. Unfortunately, they exclude us from that pleasure. I actually feel good about that, because screw them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would like to see it. It looks good. It's got concept art, all kinds of things that play in time with the movie. I would like to see the movie again and experience that, but we're not going to. Bloopers. There's some bloopers, which are actually pretty funny. We both laughed at them. Because a movie like this, there's a lot of wires, and a lot of makeup, and a lot of... Time. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, there are quite a lot of bloopers. Um, there's Mr. Elfman's musical concoctions, and what we'll say about that is it's pretty much like most other mu- music feature that you see in, on Blu-rays. It was a more intimate, because he did explain how this movie was way different he for did. him. But it, there's a lot of shots of him at the mixing desk and in the orchestral room. Um, but if you like Danny Elfman's music and his, the way he comes up with stuff... And it is delivered to you the whole of the process... He came up with a little bit of music, and then it became this, and then it became that, and then he had the whole score, and he had the witch's score, and by the end of it, you know, so it wasn't very long, but it it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't a boring. Yeah, I was going to say. Music happened. I was going to say I often really on Blu-rays, the f- musical and costume features get very boring because they go on a long time with it. And I always <laughs> that, well, maybe not to everyone. No, but I mean, yeah. If you're super into costumes, then maybe you like the costume feature. If you're super into music, you might like to see Danny Elfman. To me, it's like I love the music in movies. I always have, but then I always find the Blu-ray feature boils down to a guy saying, "Well, I was inspired by this. Was inspired by that," and then shows you pictures of him like turning volume sliders up and down and. Oh, but you in. liked Nine Inch Nails, guys. Mu- I did center. because there was more insight into what was going on in the heads. That's right? why this and one there was, was good. a little bit in this yeah. one. Um, China Girl and the Suspension of Disbelief. China Girl, one of the best characters in this movie, I think. Probably one of the most emotional, and she's not even real. Jesus. Um, you're scratching like a beast over there. <laughs> so um, she. Um, I don't know that she was the greatest character, but she looked awesome. No, I'm saying emotionally, I think she. She was more emotion. Her character is more emotional than the human beings in this movie. Mm, yeah, because when she's got little broken legs, <laughs> it's just I can imagine a little girl watching this mm-hmm. and it really being heartbroken over it. Like, because it's maybe fixes her. She's okay. 
Yeah, but it's it's pretty. She's all cracked. When she, when, when her um the table is on her and she and he yeah, says, "Well, let's go now," and she says, "I can't," and then he removes the table. It's like, <laughs> oh my god, like, um. So yeah, it shows you how they brought her to life, and they actually used a marionette on the set, which was awesome. I love marionettes; they're so. Ah, uh, but you think puppets are creepy? Yeah, but one like that where it doesn't actually look creepy. <laughs> Just the subtle movements that guy can do. It's oh like yeah, a, it is amazing. Yeah. Um, so they acted to a marionette, and then they actually CG'd the the character later. Before your very eyes, from Kansas to Oz, this is how the the guy who did it. He looked back at old Disney movies. What, what he was—he loved like Sleeping Beauty and Bambi, and he tried to incorporate them with his vision of Oz and the old vision of Oz. So after he watched all those movies as a kid, then he grew up and made Avatar. Yeah, and also Wonderland, and now he made this. So yeah. it kind of explains a lot. And it's a bit of, and there are—he shows you in this featurette there are trees directly out of old Disney, old Disney um, animations. It's pretty cool, actually. Um, then there's. Mila's Metamorphosis, um, which is shows you, actually cool, how Mila Kunis... Cool to you. Some other people might watch it and think the same thing we do about the music. Like, uh, do I have to sit and watch somebody in a chair get makeup yeah, on? Yeah, she's in the chair and they're putting <laughs> the makeup on. But yeah. what I really liked about it was you get to see the interaction between the makeup guy who we've seen numerous times. He's yeah. like, uh, He seems like a famous makeup guy to me because he's the one I... Oh, yeah, that guy. So you get to see the communication between them when she sat in the chair for a couple of hours. But then at the end of it, you get to see this time lapse of the whole thing being done. And it's pretty impressive. And she says, I liked it when she said, like, she, you know, when she's in the makeup and she's hanging around waiting and stuff, she doesn't like it. People don't come up and talk to her, especially people with kids, because how do you... How do you explain to a kid that it's not really? Well, the kids on a movie set—they're probably a little more tuned in than. Sure, other there kids. are some little kids though. It would. Um, and then there's Walt Disney and the Road to Oz, which I think is possibly the best thing on the disc, because I didn't actually know any of this stuff about Walt Disney's connection to the Wizard of Oz mm. and how much it kind of meant to him over the years and how he tried to develop different projects and. But looked like a really weird. Yeah, really. But it seemed like it was doomed all the time for yeah. him. And then, eventually, they made The Road to Oz. It's called The Road to Oz. They did not make it. it no, was... I mean, I mean, they made uh, Return to Oz, eventually. Disney. And then now this one. But he never got to see any of those. And I'm, I don't know if these would have been his vision of it or what. I don't know. But he tried, didn't he, to... Mm-hmm. But Warner Brothers already had the Oz picture rights and they'd already made the movie. But he even tried to get his Mickey Mouse Club involved, and it always seems a bit creepy that Mickey Mouse Club to me. Yes, but uh, I know it's not, but it always seems a bit, you know, back in the day there where he sits around on it was on Saturday morning television, right? And he brings them all in, and they all that doesn't seem creepy to me. It's just the idea that these plastic children. Yeah, that's what I mean. The... They seem very like here's the that child, and they're like. Almost like a manufactured bunch of yes. who you can look Mannequins, up to. Mannequins, yeah. yeah. Um, so then that's it for this Blu-ray for extras. There's a digital copy and a DVD. Um, pretty good extras. We watched all of them. I've enjoyed all of them. Especially the look at Walt Disney. Even the one called Info. Yeah, there's one called Info, which is riveting. You click on the word Info, which is actually <laughs> on the extras menu. And it comes up and says, the opinions on this disc may blah, 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 blah. And that's all it is. It's that little black screen that tells you that. Yeah, actually, just before we finish there, concerning the Blu-ray disc, 
This is the first Blu-ray disc I've ever had that has done this. But we've got a nice surround sound system in our theatre. And it defaults to stereo, which is only two, two speakers. So if you just play the movie, it will play it in, in two of your speakers. Because most people only have two speakers. Yeah, so but, it's the fir- but it's the first one I've ever seen. They always default to 5.1 and then you have to switch them to stereo. This is the opposite way around. But if most people don't have 5.1. Right, but this fair. is the first time in the history of Blu-ray discs I've ever seen this. So they've either changed something. So make sure if you've got a surround sound system, go into the uh, options, audio, and switch it to 5.1. Or 7.1 if you've got seven speakers. Because, it's in the setup. Yeah, because you will be um, listening to it through two speakers, which when you've got five of them, it's not the best way to experience it. And I must say, surround sound in this movie, really cool. There's some during that tornado, and the whipping and stuff coming out of left yep. and right. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so, what do you reckon? <laughs> Overall, yeah, it's entertaining. I had a good time. I'm not in love with it. I'm, you know, like we just watched Beautiful Creatures a couple of weeks ago. You know, another kind of big. It's better than that. This is infinitely better than that to me. I just, I just, like, um... Not infinitely, but a high percentage. Yeah, I, like, this material just is more speaking to me. Like, I, even though it's... Well, nostalgia, you can't help. Nostalgia works. And then, just the quality of it. Yeah. Even though the cast of Beautiful Creatures was awesome, it's still, there's just... just, The quality of this is good to look at. It's, you know, it's not... It's a bit. It's just a big spectacle movie. That's what it is. It's it, and you know if you've got ties to the Wizard of Oz, you might enjoy that those ties, mm. or not. Yeah. So uh, thank you to Disney for the Blu-ray. Uh, in conclusion, I recommend it. I do recommend it. Sid Talk recommends it too. I recommend. Don't <laughs> speak for me. I recommend it to certain people. Um, so thank you to Disney. Next week's Blu-ray review will be Jack the Giant Slayer, which is another big. Um, movie from earlier this year Uh, so we'll take a look at that we haven't actually got a contest running at the moment so I won't tell you to enter a contest but we will have a new one next week Uh, movie year what is this movie year movie year yes Uh, one of it says a movie and the other one has to decide from their own brain what the year was you can guess if you want but it's better if you just know stuff alright so mine this week, based on Sam Raimi. Yes. Uh, who actually directed this movie. The Evil Dead 2. Is your... So, Sid Talk has to guess what year The Evil Dead 2 guessing. was made in. I'm trying to uh, figure it out. out. Yeah, guessing. It'll be like, I don't know, 1941? 1947? 1967? I'm going to say... 1985. 87. <laughs> See, I can I think Evil Dead's like from the 70s. So then I was trying to think. It probably wasn't... Oh, that's even longer than I thought. Then. Evil Dead's 80. One. 81. Really? Yeah. I could have swore it was like the 70, a 70s kind of uh-huh. gore fest maybe. Okay. And I forget what mine is. So hold on. Don't look. All right. So... Um... Do not look at the screen. Okay. Got it. Clockwork Orange. Oh, Clockwork Orange would be... Oh, it's really hard for me to know whether it's in the 60s or the 70s. But I think it's in the 70s. 72. 
<laughs> you know why I'm laughing? Why? Why do you think? Because it's in the 60s. No. What's our issue every week? One of us does this. One year off. Yes. 71. Yes. <laughs> I knew it was really close to the 60s and 70s. Well, there's like a little globe, or like a little yeah. force field around every year. Like, no, 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 no. Don't let them guess the actual year. And a funny bit of trivia on the Clockwork Orange is you've never seen it. I know. Is that a trivia to someone? That is trivial. <laughs> <laughs> That's very trivial. I find it hard to believe you've never encountered it over the whole, all the years you've been alive. I'm sure I could have. I just have never. I, I have this thing. It's so ingrained if you're British. Like it's like that movie that you should watch when you're a kid. Like not. Maybe that's why I don't. Obviously, you shouldn't watch it when you're a kid. But what I'm saying is, one of those movies when you're at school and people go, "Have you seen The Clockwork Orange?" And then you're kind of like, "Why do they keep talking about it? I got to go and see The Clockwork." Oh, Orange. see, I'm not like you then. And then I, I would go and see. It. I don't get inspired and then go, by. Oh, people. I see why they're talking about it. I don't like to jump on the wagon with other people. Peer pressure doesn't do it like, for me. I really like controversial stuff. I always have. That was one of those things where it was banned in Britain for quite a long time. It was always mentioned. Whenever they talked about banned things on the news, Clockwork Orange always came up. And I was always like, why was it banned? I have to know or see why that was banned. And generally, what I find, if something's been banned, when you see it, it's not actually... And if I were to watch it now, at my age, and 50 years later, is it really going to have, um, you know, the same sort of impact? Yeah, I actually feel like it's one of the... Later. I feel like it's one of those movies that whenever you watch it... Like Apocalypse Now. Yeah, but it's... Not dated, necessarily. Dated, it's very yes, dated. But- very like you can tell when it was made it's just very of that time and it's very the scene I'm not going to give the scene away but there is a scene in it and not the scene you've seen I've never seen anything of it whatsoever there's a scene in it that is don't tell me anything no I'm saying it just goes past the line of human acceptability (laughs) and it and does it in a way like this isn't really anything that you see in here but it's really yeah. horrible. So, yeah, it, I think it would still shock now. I'm not sure, because I've not seen it for a long time. Maybe we should see it. Mm. It's on Netflix. Banned, once banned, now on Netflix. Yeah, for anyone <laughs> to see. Even your children. Yeah, was, uh... yeah exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's our movie game. So, movie recommendations, where we recommend a couple of movies based on this movie or not, if it talks anything to do with it. Me, I am going to recommend The Evil Dead Trilogy... And Return to Oz, because Return to Oz is the official sequel to 1939's The Wizard of Oz, made by Disney. And I forgot all about it, and they showed you a clip of it on these extras today, and I went to myself, I've seen that movie loads of times. Like, it used to be shown at Easter on TV, that movie. And I was always creeped out and scared by it. It was not the... It was like a total flip around from the original. 46 years later would have been, was 40 plus 45, 85. So you weren't a little kid. No, I, when I say little kid, I always mean like you were teenager, 17. something like that. Yeah. yeah. So I watched it and I always thought, because so, you expect a certain something because it was like the return to Oz and it's not that. Because it's, it's more almost, the, about the books, I think. It's almost like Mad Max in Oz. It's, it's a bit dark. Which is uh, what makes it good. They've they've tipped the scale. It's a bit more time bandits than um, Wizard yes. of Oz. Oh, time bandits. Yeah. My recommendations are Avatar because just because it reminded me. There, 
because they talked about him and actually I was, I was, as I was watching it, I was like, oh, that looks very, whatever it's called. Floating Nava, Nava, Nab, Naboo. Where are they at? Where uh, are they go? Pandora. Pandora. Well, I think. Because they're called the Navi. The Navi. And Naboo is from Star Wars. <laughs> I'm just it's a mashup <laughs> in my brain it's good, funny that <laughs> I know all that <laughs> it reminds me of Pandora like and if you want to go full tip the scale to a full on fantasy what it is that to me that's one a good one Avatar and, is fantastic and I'm going to say Alice in Wonderland the Tim Burton version because I the more times I've seen it the more I've enjoyed it I didn't I wasn't in love with it I don't think and then I just get more attached to it. There are parts of it I think are really lame, but also visually, it just if you like this kind of world, it's a good fantasy kind of a world. And, of course, the original. 1939, Wizard of Oz. There are other film versions of Wizard of Oz, um, but the 39 one is the one, of course, that I am. Yeah, there are, there are others, aren't there? there was a- and it doesn't matter. I watched a couple clips before we started talking, and it's like I am... It's your brain, there's something weird about our brains that as soon as that little video and a little box on a TV screen, on this monitor came on of when the witch comes down right after the house lands. And I'm just there. I'm like, the whole movie just filled in in my brain and I'm there and I'm scared and there's the witch and there's the shoes and oh, be off with you. Your magic is nothing here. You know, that everything is like, there they are and there they'll stay. And I just am like, oh. If you only had a brain. What, I beg your pardon? That's what it says in that movie, right? Not till later. <laughs> oh, that's at the end. Are you sure you're not saying that to me? No. Uh-huh. It's really funny, because earlier you were talking about what an idiot this guy was on on the internet, because he said he didn't even understand that the girl with the broken legs I was still the don't get how you wouldn't get that. And I was like, I didn't think of that either until the extras. There's probably because lo- I just don't focus on the same thing. I bet there's loads of people listening to this now going, what? The girl is it? What? <laughs> <laughs> the broken leg girl is the girl from the... Re- what? <laughs> well, there's a little mirror action going on. I mean, you've got... It's the Wizard of Oz. He's going to do the mirror. There's people in this... There is. There are black and white people who turn out to be color people. <laughs> Correct. So, um, games and a scully stuff this week. Um, I have been playing... No, I haven't been playing this, but this was announced this week. And Sid Talk's got a vested interest in this game. But EA announced this week that Plants vs. Zombies 2... It's About Time is going to be released in I don't have anything interested in this game. Well, when I say what I'm going to say, you will probably be interested. Um, It's coming out in July. They've been promising it's going to be coming out in July anyway. That wasn't a surprise. But the surprise is... Surprise, everybody! Similar to Disney and this Blu-ray we just watched, only allowing us to see the second screen app if we've got an iPad... Plants vs. Zombies 2 is only on the iPad um, for... Not even on a computer? Apple no, computer? just iPhone and iPad. Only. So, from them saying we're releasing Plants vs. Zombies 2 and all those Plants vs. Zombies players getting excited, to them saying now it's just on the iPad and iPhone... For a while. Well, they didn't say for a while. Actually, well, in, in the announcement. But that's what it means, because she said... You asked... Well, yeah. let's tell the story. You asked uh, on Facebook. No, I didn't ask. I just said I was really disappointed. And then they responded, well, just wait, and we'll have news for Android owners. Right. And I was disappointed. Well, I would like news for PC owners, because to me, Plants vs. Zombies is a PC game. It originally came out on the PC, 
it didn't get put onto mobile devices for a long time. It was a PC game. We right, played it. But once it went to mobile, that's when it got huge. Right. So now they're going to cater to that. Now I just think it's going to be. I'm not. I'm not interested anymore until I see it on my computer or on my tablet. I'm not. Game looks about fantastic. It. I've seen the screenshots and the video this week of it playing. It's exactly. I think it's exactly what a Plants vs Zombies fan would want. It's not straying so far from the original. It's flat, like it. It's lanes. It's different zombies. Different. That's all I wanted. Plants. More plants. More zombies. And it's a time theme. Uh, Crazy Dave has invented a time machine. And he goes to different scenarios. And the different scenarios are kind of like skins for Plants vs. Zombies. So he might be in the desert. Yeah. He might be in space. It's all different. And the plants change accordingly. So space plants will behave differently to desert plants. So that looks really cool. It all looks really cool to me. But, you know, until they bring it on PC. Because that's what I want to play it on PC. I don't want to play it on Android. I want to play it on PC. I don't want to play it with my finger poke, 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 no. poke, poking. I want to play it with a mouse. I ain't a modern kind of lady. I need my mouse and my keyboard. I just like PC games. Uh, I would like to play it on the PC. Um, the original Pons vs. Zombies, I tried to play it on the Xbox 360. But with the controller, it's awful. Because it's like... Left, 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 you know, it's, everything's like square. You need to be able to point. Yes, a tablet probably is a good way of playing it. But I want to play it on the PC. But I have that problem with my fingers. Yeah. I can't, tablets don't respond to my fingers very well at all. I still struggle with it. I have no idea why. If anyone out there has, <laughs> if you think you're the only one who, when you try to use a tablet, it's like, touch, oh. Ugh, touch. It doesn't register all the time. Touch. Ugh. Swipe, swipe, Ugh. swipe. So what I read about that is... So some, imagine me trying to play Some that people game. who have bad circulation, that will happen to. I find circulation. It's to do with, I mean, like, my hands cold, are cold thing. Alive. Yeah, it's to, it's to do with that. Um, they, say, oh, they say use a stylus, and you have used a stylus, mm-hmm. and that does work, obviously. But... Um, Sometimes you don't want to use a stylus. Exactly. Sometimes I well, don't yeah, know where my stylus zombies, is. Yeah, playing Plants vs. Zombies with a stylus would probably be okay, because it's very precise, right? You I'm can... not giving in to them, just like I didn't give in and buy SimCity, because it just didn't. If it comes on the PC, you will buy it. Oh, you don't have to buy it. That's the other piece of news. It's free to play. That's the other horrible... Uh... <laughs> horrible news. I'm not a fan of free to play. Um, I, what I find free to play actually is... It's a trap to make you spend money. Now, I would rather have a just spend money than a trap to spend money. Because the free-to-play model is, here's the game for free. Once you get into it, you're going to be spending money. And that amount of money can be anything. It could be thousands of dollars. It can be $1. It's up to you. No, I would rather pay you $20 and have everything. The content is mine and then play it. So the free-to-play, it's just this bottomless pit of, oh, some new plants, I'll buy those. I don't like that. Or you can't regress in the game until you buy something else. Progress. Progress. Yeah. You said regress, right? No, progress. Oh, yeah, you can't. Yeah, like, see, the Plants vs. Zombies Adventures that is out now on Facebook actually does a pretty good job of not bothering you for... Buying things. Mm, they kind of expect you to, though. That's a little bit... Yeah, but I never do. And Real Racing 3 on the Android that I play, the racing game, that's a free-to-play game. And I haven't spent one penny on it, and I play it every day. So it does a good job of... You don't have to if you're committed to playing it. 
if you play it every day, you don't need to I mean, buy if it. they've said this Plants vs. Zombie Adventures on Facebook, if you give us $20, then here's everything cracked open. I probably would have. Yeah. I'm, Instead, I'm going to play it for free until I get bored with it. Yeah. I'm not going to give them any money because they don't... It's one or the other for me. I don't like being nickeled and dimed and shit. That drives me crazy. It's like... I don't know. What now, to, talking of free to play. It's like having your electric company go, oh, well, we're going to put electricity into your house. Oh, but you wanted to go to your refrigerator? Well, that's an extra $20. Oh, wait, you want us to, I mean, like a fee, not just how much you use. Oh, wait, wait, if you want to hook up your printer to it, we'll charge you an extra $5 a month, plus the usage fee. It's actually very similar to cable TV companies where they're like, here's your basic cable, but if you want HBO, and if you want this, and if you want that, and if you want that, you keep paying us, keep paying us, keep paying us, and then you've got this bill that's $300 a month, because you've got everything. I don't know if it's the same as that. I guess. Yeah, because like they want you on that. They want you in. And yeah, then but that's like, still a one thing. You pick the package, and that's it. No, then, they don't come. And there's the every- on demand, and then you, you. Oh, I can watch this movie. Three dollars, two dollars. Right, the but time. then once you've done it, you're in it. But with these games, it's like one more thing and one more thing, and there's no end to it. There's no end. There's no end if you have no um, willpower or whatever, like to stop doing it. So. Talking about free-to-play, I'm playing this new game this week called Marvel Heroes. It's on Steam. It's a new... Um, it's basically Diablo, but with Marvel superheroes. And it's like an, a total rip-off of Diablo, which is awesome, because I love Diablo. So you wander around, you kill stuff, you get loot, you get... You rip-off make... like they weren't supposed to, or you just... No, like, like, we it? love Diablo, and we'd like to make a game like that, so we're going to. And they did. And it's free-to-play, which is kind of a turn off for me but the game's really good quality and very good game now how this free to play works and this really irks me as well is you start the game and it's an MMO so you can you know you play online with people and it says here's five Marvel superheroes to choose from these are the free ones and the free ones are like the janky Marvel superheroes that you don't like Scarlet Witch do you know Scarlet Witches? I don't know most of them so I'm not gonna yeah but you know who the Hulk is yeah, but that's different. Yeah, I'm but, but my point that. is, Scarlet yeah. Witch is free. The Hulk is twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. Correct. Oh my god! And that's just a character. Just a character. So, and the thing is, like, you're probably going to play with one character that you like. That's how MMOs tend to work. You pick a character, you play with them, you level them all the way up, and then maybe you go back and buy another and start again. So, at the beginning, you you've get, you're given these five characters. I chose Storm from the X Men. She's kind of slightly obscure. Halle and Bar- she's free. Halle Berry. She's not obscure. <laughs> I know her. She, she yeah, is. well, she's she's not the greatest. She's not Iron Man. She's not Spider Man. If you want Spider Man, you pay twenty dollars. But then, if you go in the store where all the characters are, it kind of shows you the levels. Like here's um, what's she called? Black Widow. She's like three dollars. Whereas Tony Stark is $20, so it shows you kind of the yeah. which ones are popular. But then when you're in the game, you see plenty of Tony Stark, so people are paying those $20. Um, I'm, I'm just using the free Storm. But there's something inside me that keeps going, I'd really like to be... No. Um, I there's, refuse. There's another character that I'd like to be, and I've seen it in the list. I like playing female characters... Is it Wonder Woman? No, she's DC. There's a, another female character that seems better. But I've not bought her. But I can see... Catwoman? Not Catwoman. Black Cat. Mm. She's there. Because um, Catwoman's DC as well. But um, 
Yeah, that's how... So you don't pay for the game, and you can play it forever if you use one of the five basic characters. But all the good stuff is behind this wall of money, and it's annoying to me. And if you look at the... Um, if you go on Steam and buy it... Get, well, you don't buy it. You download it for free. There's a DLC pack that you can buy that includes everything. So you can have everything the game possibly offers. And it's right there at the bottom. And you can click it and buy it. Do you know how much that is? $300. $250. Oh my god. Seriously. $250. Damn. It's the biggest piece of DLC I've ever seen in my life. I was like, $250? A game... If, even if they'd made you pay for this game, $60. Which I think would have been fine if it came with 10 characters and maybe five of them were decent ones. For $60, I would have bought this game no, and played No, $60, you need all 10 to be decent ones that you want to play well, yeah, make it like it, like it's. I would buy this game for $60 with a decent... If it had Spider-Man and that, I would buy it, right? This other way, which seems to be the way everything's going, yes, it gets more people to play it, but it's evil. It's <laughs> it's We're going to nickel and dime you. And then what happens is, oh, we're doing this special event and you can pay $2 and be in it. All that shit starts to happen as as it goes down the line. Really? Yeah, like it's hey hey guys, it's Christmas. There's this special event, and you'll fight this Christmas villain. And when you beat the Christmas villain, you'll get this massive piece of loot that everybody wants. It's just five dollars to play the Christmas content. They do that. That's how they get the money out of you. And by that point, you're so hooked on playing it, five dollars doesn't seem too bad, and you pay it. Right? It's it's evil. So, that's Marvel Heroes. Even though I'm saying it's evil, it's a really good game. <laughs> Play with the free you characters. You the business model, but you like the game. Yeah, the free characters are fine, to be honest. If you don't... I know some people will sit there playing it going, Yeah, but this Scarlet Witch, I want to be Tony Stark. Some people will do that. And those people are the ones who will fund the game, essentially, and pay the $20. So. They're the ones that make it possible for them to, for that business model to be a success. I mean, $20 for one character is insane. If it was $5, I might even do it myself, just to support the thing. But $20, it's insane. It's way too much. $20 should be a pack of five characters that are really good. No, the game should be $20 with everything included. Well, yes, in a perfect world. And that, not a perfect world. That makes perfect sense. You're going to get probably a million people who want to play it, at least. But I mean, got it's about a huge thing. 10 million playing this game. Right. If you charge all of those just the $20, and, uh, $250 is more, but $20, and, every, and the high majority of people are going to go, oh, cool, yeah, that's $200 million. I wonder out of interest how many people have bought that DLC pack actually bought that for 250 freaks for it yeah i'm sure people have bought it wouldn't you feel bad buying that like it's wouldn't when up when you press the bible and when you'd be like oh what am i doing what, no because i probably be listening to go oh it's game if you're gonna play it's just worth it i guess i get yeah well i guess if you buy if you play warcraft and you've played it for years you've been paying 15 dollars a yeah. month to play that so if you look at it that way well no this is the game i'm going to be playing there's no subscription fee. I'm going to buy this. So I've got all the head start in the world. I guess then it... No, it's still not a good deal. It's a terrible deal. So that's Marvel Heroes. It's a terrible deal, but I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, on Monday, this week... This week, I can't believe it, coming up, it's E3. Um, 
Monday will be all the press releases. Uh, you know, I rarely see emotion from you. You're just not an emotionally. You're affectionate and stuff sometimes. But I mean, emotion, no. But when E3 comes around, you're kind of like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And they're going to do this. And they're going to have that. And do you see the picture of this? And do you see this booth that's come up? And look what the... Uh, uh, it's almost my favorite week of the year. It, it's... I love watching what happens there. It's a spectacle like the great and powerful Oz is to me. It's like... <laughs> All of video gameness in one week, like this exploding fountain of video game stuff. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's a beautiful um, analogy. So on Monday, there's the big press conferences, which I'm looking forward to. And then the rest of the week, we will see lots of games. And to me, I don't really care about what the box... Like, everybody's like, oh, I can't wait till Monday to see like what the PlayStation 4 looks like. And they're just boxes, right? And I know that they're all going to... It's a box that you sit on your desk and never look at again. It's the games I want to see. And so the rest of the week where they show you... You like all the peripheral dudes who wander around and... Looking at all the games in detail and like, oh, here's an hour's worth of this game and we go hands-on on on this game. I love all that stuff and I lap it up and I will watch every day. I have nothing that I'm not interested in. Not one single thing. Well... If you said to me there's an art expo where you can watch this 24 hours a day where people wander around and look at art and talk about art. My th- my mind would be like, yeah, but I'm not there, so it's not that good. It's not that it's not. It depends, I guess, on the delivery because with art the, is the with thing. With E3, like, I would hate to be there. It looks like a nightmare to me. It mm. looks horrible. It looks like lining up and True. sweaty and <laughs> sweaty. You know what I mean, though. It looks. Is it back on a big scale now? They they yeah. scaled it back, didn't they? When no, it was big just enough. you had to go to a hotel room. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like, wasn't it? One year it was like one nothing year, yeah. in an aircraft hangar. One year where they just had like. It was private, kind of. They just took people there in buses and showed them stuff, and we didn't even see it. No, it's big. It's back. It's huge. Los Angeles Convention Center. I, I usually watch GameSpot's coverage. Um, I don't really like GameSpot, but they do have a good live show where they have a guy who walks around all the booths. I know some people who live in Los Angeles. I have to ask him if it if they're ever in that area during. I mean, they have other expos all the time, all obviously. The time. Immediately after E3 is... Like a porno... Um, porno. Yeah, <laughs> the like porno expo. industry has their expo. Yeah. That's always funny because Giant Bomb always catch the... when I was going to say catch the tail end, but that would be a bad... <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> but when they're packing up... Lucky them. Right. You know, when they're packing up all their stuff, they see that stuff arriving. And they're always like, oh, look, there's a giant truck full of... Vibrators. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. Cause <laughs> Porno movies and vibrators and sex toys so it's and lubricants. Complete, is it, it's, you're, you're claiming that they say they're leaving as these things are yeah. arriving? Uh, I bet they stay a little We're extra. packing our truck and then the dildo truck's coming the other way. We're packing our truck. Is that another euphemism? <laughs> so, yeah, E3 next week. I'll tell you all about it on uh, next Great. week's. Great. I can't wait. I might not tell you all about it on next week's podcast because next week's podcast is likely to be recorded this week. Yeah. So, the week after. Because I have a family reunion coming up and I'll be out of town. So, Sid Talk. That's all my stuff for this week. What is for dinner? Because I am what hungry. Does say? What does no it say? No idea. That's not I have a good no idea answer. yet. I don't know yet. I would love to go get us a sandwich, but everything's closed. It's 20 to 11 at night. Yeah, exactly. Why can't Subway be open 24 hours a day? <laughs> you can go to the store and buy a sa- stuff to make a sandwich. I might do that. Okay. Possibly. But we also have veggie burgers and they have some fries, so I don't know. This is the first time I think I've ever not known at all. Like, no clue. And my advice for the people and for everyone in the world, 
don't expect people to care about you. Now, either people do care, and I mean care. I don't mean like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that you have a sore on your hand. Like, they, this is what I'm saying. They either really care, they don't care, or they're faking it. Like, in your mind, don't expect people to care about you. You can expect people to be respectful of you, maybe. Even then, you're going to get disappointed. But the thing about, like, this, of people are have an affront to people's behavior as if, the person at the store or the coworker is supposed to care about your feelings, like care about you. Not just being sort of socially acceptably respectful and not being horrible to you. I just hear it from people. Like there's that they want I don't know, like forever I just don't want everyone just that's my advice. Do not expect people to care about you or care about your children or care about your children's stories. Because I can tell you right now, a lot of people I know, a lot of people I know, if I hear stories about their kids, I don't give a shit. I don't care. I mean, I don't want bad things to happen to your children, but I don't care about the minutia. There are folks in this world who I care deeply about their children. And then there are people, sort of these concentric circles, right? There's your center people, then there's the little bit outside, and then outside. And the caring gets less and less and less. And I don't, I can't fake it. I'm not good at faking it. I can kind of sort of smile and nod my head. But I, if you notice me escaping the situation, or, this is what usually happens, I end up talking, telling a story, being my charming self, and talking a lot. In your presence, this could possibly mean that I'm talking a lot because I don't want to listen to whatever you were saying. Charming. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I am charming. That's the, my charm offensive. <laughs> or charm defensive, maybe I should call it. So just don't expect everyone to care about you. And if they're faking it, be able to spot it and maybe just zip it and like let them cut them loose. <laughs> All right, so good advice. <laughs> yeah, let's let's wrap up this uh, podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. Remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com, sitsout.com. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook, all of those places, YouTube, Xbox Live. Catch the podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, or just go to sayschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. Email me at sayschoolie.com. Do not email Sid Talk. She has no cares about you whatsoever. <laughs> and stay classy, Mr. Sam Raimi who, well, Evil Dead, the best. <laughs> I'm going to make you watch The Evil Dead with me, all three of them. Cause make you, me. You haven't seen the first one still, have you? I, I think I did, but I don't, I don't you remember really it. Nah, if not, you didn't remember solidly. it, you didn't see it properly. I'm sure I went through my horror phase. I'm sure I saw it, but not like you. So, yeah, I would love it. It would be fun. And I'm going to say, think for yourselves, because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. 